You're listening to The People's Wrestling Podcast with your host, Ali Bunker. Hello and welcome to another episode of The People's Wrestling Podcast. As you may know, I am your host, Ali Bunker. And I am joined this week by Aiden Bunker. Aiden, how are you? I'm alright. Feeling optimistic about the pod. We've had a bit of a refresh, haven't we? A bit of a shuffle around. Yeah, this is the first first step. First step towards a new PWP. A new and improved. New and improved, hopefully. Who knows? Uh, also joined this week by Matt Bumby. Matt, how are you? Very good, thank you. Good, good. Um, it's been a few weeks since you were last on the pod, hasn't it? Yes, it has. Yes, I can't remember. What, was it three weeks ago? We on, we took a week off, then we did one ourselves, and we said, yeah, it's about three weeks ago now. Man, time has flown. Um, yes, my dog was at the vets. Yes, that's true. Yes. Uh, how is Harley, by the way? Yes, yeah, she's very well, thank you very much. Doing better? She's doing good. Good, good. Right, so... Big, big week in the world of wrestling in terms in, in TV terms, in production terms, in, yeah, well, in just general wrestling news terms. Monday Night Raw kicked off this week with a brand new set, a brand new look, a brand new commentary team. Um, we won't do a Raw rundown this week because um, we'll save that for other weeks. We've got plenty of other stuff to talk about this week. But I did just want to get very quickly your views on what Raw was like this week, both of you. Aiden, you up first? Um, I thought it was... Overall, a good episode. How do we um, like the changes? I like the set. I think it looks good. Um, I've I've always said this, and um, this week's episode hasn't changed my mind. Pyro doesn't do anything for me, to be honest. Mm. People have been begging for it for a couple of years now. And yeah, maybe the Pyro at the very start might get people a little bit more hyped, like right for the beginning in the crowd anyway. But like steam for becky lynch and some sparkles for alexa bliss and yeah. some old randy orton raindrop style things for the Miz and some fire for seth rollins like it did feel like a bit like overkill like yeah. they went for the jugular straight away and it just it doesn't do anything for me yeah. it doesn't enhance anything you don't have to be all or nothing do you yeah <laughs> is that like sometimes less is more not everybody had it back in the day no I, I, I quite ones. i do quite like the pyro at the beginning of the show i think that does add something i think that adds noise and excitement from the get-go which is sometimes something the raw lacks a little bit where they yeah. just cut straight in into a promo or something and the crowd are pretty much dead from the start at least it gets them going yeah so quite yeah like that. that one if i had to have pyro in i would have it as the intro but then i'm not like maybe for pay-per-views have it as people's entrances make them feel a bit special or whatever but yeah just as a weekly raw thing i'm not that bothered yeah, fair enough how about you matt how about the uh, the new commentary team on raw what did you make of them uh, mixed bag inexperience is the only, the only word I can sort of say I think they're going to get better and they've got to get chemistry and I think that's what Jerry the King Law is there for is to give them the if they need an out he's always going to be there to clear up the shit basically yeah did either of you think that um, King took on a, better, a very different role to what he would have done in the past where he was he was almost the lead he was commentator kind of steering it a bit um, which I guess is what kind of alludes to what Matt was saying about the experience that King has. He can help, you know, lead them. Uh, but it felt like he was almost playing the Michael Cole role. He did that right at the start when Rey Mysterio came out. Yeah. He was like doing the whole like, oh, here's Rey Mysterio. And then he went quiet for a bit and he was like, oh, he's such a legend. And yeah. And he just kept kind of going and going. He just Without played. anybody saying anything. Yeah. yeah. So I did feel like Dio Madden and um, Vic Joseph, they didn't say a hell of a lot this week, which... 
it's actually quite a refreshing change from Michael Cole. Because yeah. Michael Cole just talks and talks and talks and talks. Whereas it felt a little bit more restrained and a, like a little bit more just like they were fine in their feet. So I'm happy to... Basically, basically like you on this podcast. <laughs> you are the Michael Cole of this podcast. Fuck off. We said that before, actually, <laughs> didn't we? <laughs> I'm not going to talk then. Fine. All right. I'll be the Corey Grayers and Matt can be Byron's <laughs> Shut up, Matt. I'm not being fucking Byron. <laughs> right, anyway, moving on. Um, big, big, well, big, big news in the world of wrestling. Uh, AEW, All Elite Wrestling, will have their first televised weekly show this week. Not that they've gone on about it. <laughs> you may have heard about it. Uh, Wednesday Night Dynamite, or is it just called Wednesday Dynamite? I would assume it's called Wednesday. AEW Dynamite, isn't it? AW Dynamite, yeah, maybe not even Wednesday in it. I, to be honest, I don't think it needed. I don't particularly like the Dynamite thing. It feels a bit cringy to me. It but feels very dated. I don't think it needed it. It, could, it literally it's should have just been. Nitro, isn't it? it should have just been all Elite Wrestling. Yeah. Or AEW on TNT. Or yeah, something like something that. Like that. Because uh, it's, just like, cause it's not like they've got more than one show. <laughs> it's not like true. they've got Dynamite and Kaboom. I get why it's called Dynamite when they're on TNT. I yeah, get obviously. Um, but what happens if they move network in the future? Well, they'll have to call it something else. Mm. If they go to USA, hours, they'll have to call it Wednesday Night Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> Wednesday Night Eagles. <laughs> it's two hours. Two hours. And uh, I don't know if we spoke about it. I guess we didn't. But there was a, a pretty pitiful TV deal for the UK uh, yeah. on ITV that came out. But they have announced today that that has changed. Oh, have they? I've seen yeah. they've announced the, the they? Canadian I've not deal. Oh, breaking news for you guys. Um, so, news, yeah. they're still not going to show it live, um, but it will be added to the ITV hub uh, by 7pm on a Thursday. So, we can watch it as of 7pm on a Thursday? Yes, on your phone, computer, or tablet. I suppose that's alright. It's alright, it's still not live. I mean, I'm still probably going to watch it if I do end up watching it on my phone on a streaming site because you know yeah. it's available right and why wouldn't you um, to be fair I'll probably end up watching it Friday morning if, yeah to be honest I probably won't have a lot of time to watch it I'm going to try initially mm. and see if it hooks me or not yeah I'm going to give it a go I've been a little bit down on it. I feel like out of the out of the three of us I'll probably have will have the most time <laughs> you, you always have plans I've had plans for the last couple of weekends, but they've, never, they've not come they haven't, to fruition. Yeah, they haven't materialised. Um, but yeah, no, so AEW, new era, new show, brand new um, eyes to the product, I think, is a, is a way that, uh, or to the industry even, is, I think is what they're trying to attract. It's I am really looking great. forward to it. And I am looking forward to um, the how people are going to react to things and criticise them when they don't like things. Yeah, it will be completely different and whether for the first they, few weeks. And whether they do it to the same extent as to what they do for WWE. No, not at all. Well, I think what you'll find is you'll have the, the hardened, you know, the ardent um, WWE fans who will pick up on any small thing and they will run with it. So I imagine there's Much going to be like quite AEW a few kind of production do. errors and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and beginning. commentary will probably be a thing they pick up on with JR. You know, he's not a... He's not what he once was, you know, and he's got a lot to learn in terms of people's names, which has always been difficult. JR and, and King J- and on commentary, King yeah. On the on two headline shows. Jeez. But, you know, sometimes that isn't a bad thing. No, it's not. 
I don't think they're bad by any stretch of the imagination. They're just just it's just when strange. you compare them to twenty years ago. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very very interested to see what happens. It, people are dubbing it the Wednesday Night Wars the now. Start. Yeah, well, people say that Wednesday is now the 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 day for wrestling. Mm. Now, like, it is kind of nice if you lived in America anyway that your wrestling is now split up to Wednesday, uh, Monday day off, Wednesday day off, Friday. Yeah. I know there's obviously impacts and stuff yeah. on <laughs> Tuesdays and whatever, but um, yeah. So, if imagine if you got to watch them live. It's quite a nice kind of split through the week. Yeah. Whereas for me, or for us, like Raw's are staying on Tuesday. I'll watch NXT on a Thursday. Watch AEW if I can. But that's four hours on a Thursday of wrestling that I try and catch up on. Yeah. And then so I, the SmackDown's going to be the problem for me mm. because generally, if I'm if I'm seeing Tasha at the weekend or whatever, if I'm going around or she's going around. She's coming around quite early on a Saturday. She'll just have to watch it with you. I mean, it's fine. It's fine by me. She can sit through a Wrestle Kingdom. She can sit through a Smackdown. Wrestle Kingdom and yeah, a couple of um, a few pay per views. Uh, but yeah, like sometimes when I go to hers, mm. I'm there from Saturday morning till Sunday evening. Mm. So I'm not going to get to watch Smackdown till Sunday evening, Monday maybe after work. Like I don't know. So I'm not a big fan of this Friday night Smackdown. Watch it business. live. Maybe. You can stay up on a Friday, you know. I can, but do I want to? <laughs> I don't know. And what are you going to so say, Matt? Is it going to be um, on the network the day after? No idea. So as, as it stands, so this week is the the official debut of them being two hours on USA. Um, yeah. What they've been doing, I think, is the day um, up and up until a certain point, because obviously the the second hour has been on. The, the network, the network yeah. so up until a certain point on Thursday only that second hour is available and then at some point on Thursday evening both hours become available because if you look now for the first two episodes it's got two hours on there mm. um, yeah so I, I'm now assuming that now there are two hours on USA that when it's up on Thursday it'll be the whole two hours I see well, that makes sense um, what, have we, what have we made of the first couple of episodes of NXT by the way have we watched them yeah how about you Matt no. no, you haven't. So the I've, first one, I've seen. I've caught the highlights. Yeah, I mean, so for, for if you haven't seen, if anyone hasn't seen the first two episodes of NXT, go check out Riddle versus Dane Street Fight, Strong versus Dream in the uh, for the North American title, and the I think also the Fatal Four Way for the Women's Number One Contendership was a really great match as well. Go watch those three if you haven't got much time. Um, and you said I don't know if it was on the pod I think it was probably beforehand you said oh Candice was never going to win never going to win that was what I said <laughs> never going to win never um, for predictions later on yeah well we'll see right uh, but a takeover worthy NXT tonight actually isn't it uh, with three championships on the line With and, and they kept emphasising this last week limited ad breaks limited commercial in, in was it commercial interruption yeah, yeah. <laughs> They mentioned that quite a few times. Yeah, that was strange. But yeah, um, you've got um, Riddle versus Cole for the title. You've got uh, Street Profits back on NXT against Undisputed Era. And you've got Candice LeRae versus Shayna Baszler for the women's title as well. So big, big show for NXT. Go Obviously going head-to-head with AEW. So they're going to want to go, you know, put on a big show. And I think AEW... I don't know about this 100%, but I think AEW starts an hour later. Mm. 
they're not on at exactly the same time. So I, I imagine we'll see a, a top I heavy. I imagine that you'll see something that they don't, that you're not going to want to switch off from at yeah. the time AEW starts from NXT's point of view. <laughs> It'll be really interesting. We haven't had because this at the moment. NXT's kind of been split in half in mm. that they they, they do, do the main event at the end of the first hour. Don't yeah, they? basically, and then yeah. and then they go like, oh, let me sure I head over to the network or whatever. Whereas now there's a good chance that that hour break yeah. is going to come in the middle of a really good match because yeah. it's something that NXT's never had to contend with before. Ad yeah. breaks during matches. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they've started soon. Maybe that they'll do that this week as a way to kind of prevent people from switching. It'll be interesting to see how AEW deal with ad breaks in matches as well, because um, that is something that really derails a bit of momentum in mm. terms of what you're watching on a weekly on a weekly basis. So it'll be interesting to see how they deal with that. But I'm really excited for these Wednesday night wars. I think if we haven't had this in such a long time, that it feels kind of strange and a little bit exciting that it's like there's actual something else it's weird to now i say on this side of the fence as if we were like in the business world but it's weird to not just be a f- like watching it as a fan mm. like obviously we are still fans but now we talk about it and dissect it yeah so now it's not like a sense of just oh enjoying it yeah it's let's study it <laughs> and talk about things we like yeah, i feel do. like i can't get i can't be drunk for every Raw and Smackdown anymore. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It might help. <laughs> uh, it might. 6am on a Wednesday morning or whatever. But yeah. Uh, right, so as you may know, Smackdown is moving to Fox, which is a big, big deal for WWE, and they've made a big deal out of it, and so, in their defence, have Fox. Um, they're massively uh, advertised WWE over the last few weeks. Pushing it like fuck. Pushing it, like, pushing it to the hill. They're shoving That's it down our throats. You what? They've been advertising Bray Wyatt a lot. Advertising Bray Wyatt. Big E was doing some stuff on Fox for boxing. Uh, Braun Strowman was on baseball. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of a lot of stuff over the last couple of weeks for, for WWE. When you've spent a billion dollars on it. Yeah, you're going to want to get something back from them, aren't you? Um, so it's moving to Fox. It's been 20 years of SmackDown already. Um, over, uh, yeah, over 20 years, actually. Um and what over we wanted to do this week, episodes. over a thousand, yeah. What we what we wanted to do this week is just honour some of those past moments, superstars, and matches, anything to do with SmackDown, um, and looking forward into the new era of SmackDown, which is what kind of what this whole episode is about. It's a new era. It's Raw's new era. It's AEW. It's SmackDown, and it's the PWP. It's all coming together nicely. Yeah. Um. So to kick off, you still get the same free camp. <laughs> to kick off, I wanted to get you guys to give me some of, or maybe even your favourite uh, SmackDown moment of all time. It could be anything from the last twenty years, and there's been a plenty of. Oh, okay, I'll do it myself. Um, Matt, you're up first because Aiden pissed me off just now. <laughs> oh, fine. Okay, I'm going to take you back. I'm going to take you back to December, December thirteenth, two thousand and one. Going back quite far. Aiden, you were just above it. I would have been six. Six years old. I don't want to know how old I was. <laughs> 16. Nearly. Oh. 15. Well, I would have been 13, so. I'd have been 15, yeah. Anyway, carry on. Anyway, yeah. So, Vengeance was on the Sunday. 
because he screwed Austin so Jericho could win. That's the time so beat The Rock and Austin in one night, don't you know? It is indeed. So, Dined out on that for a while. Raw, Booker T was trying to avoid Stone Cold Steve Austin and he ended up being in a church and he got away. Then, on SmackDown, all night around the arena, Booker T was hiding from Austin. So he thought he'd find a safe haven in a supermarket. Obvious choice. What's happening? Sorry, my laptop just started <laughs> playing stuff. Well, that was rude. I'm just getting into my thing there. <laughs> Carry on. Anyway, he thought he'd find a safe haven in a supermarket. As you do. Obvious place to find a safe haven. Rather than just going home or something. <laughs> yeah, don't go home. Go to a supermarket. He finds himself down the cereal aisle, eating some free cereal, which is technically stealing. <laughs> we'll brush over that. Wouldn't be the first he time. Thinks he, he thinks he sees Stone Cold Steve Austin at the end of the aisle. He beats the shit out of the man. This is not Stone Cold. And then all you hear is one snap of a beer, and it is Stone Cold. And he beats the bejesus out of him <laughs> with fruit, ketchup. He also says, do you want some ketchup with that whooper? <laughs> Mustard, nuts, flour. Ask him if he wants to make him a cake. Eggs, milk, nappies. And then finishes it all off with, can I get a price check on a jackass? <laughs> it's one of my favourite lines ever. <laughs> uh, you've done your research, haven't you, Matt? I have indeed. Yeah. I actually watched it a couple of times today, and it still, to this day, is a fun and quite entertaining uh, little segment. Even the, the the stuff on Raw from the night before doesn't get talked about as much as the supermarket stuff, but... The church things where he's, he's, he's in the confession booth and Stone Cold's on the other side or when he's in the bingo hall and he shits himself when it comes to that old lady and stuff. It's just lots, lots of funny... It's like comedy done right in wrestling. Yeah. But it, it's just good. It's funny. And this sort of thing is, is it's almost reincarnated itself in, in kind of the 24-7 kind of um, scenes that we see with our truth isn't it? That's comedy outside of the arena most of the time. Uh, and done usually pretty well. And it's, it's pretty damn funny most, most of it. Uh, and I, also did, I also did my research on it. They did 10 grand's worth of damage in that supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine they had to like pay the supermarket to use it Yeah. Uh, for that period of time and pay for all of the food and drink and everything that was used during that time. How was how that even... It must be like is, a lump sum. Does someone go through and like, yeah, like okay, so inventory. they broke 68 eggs. Yeah, so we're only paying you 68. I'm just like, yeah, who's, who's taking I stock of all that? just went, here's a check, write your number on it. Yeah, I reckon so. That's back when money was no object before they took away things like pyro for, my, for budgetary reasons. Uh, yeah, great, great moment. One, one, of the, um, one of the more memorable ones, I think, from SmackDown's history. Um, quite, I think that's quite an underrated feud, Stone Cold Booker T. But it's really great stuff. I, I was thinking, I was actually thinking that when I was watching it. I thought, 
Because I, my memory, it could I could not remember why they were feuding. I still can't then, actually. Okay. <laughs> because of that thing, uh, because Booker costed. Why yeah, did he cost it? Originally started at King of the Ring, which was um, Booker T's debut when. Uh, it was like a triple threat or something from the main for the title for the main event, and he picked Stone Cold up and put him through a table. Right, like he did a backdrop through a table and ended up really hurting, and like he broke Austin's hand or something oh. on his first night, which is not what you want to do. <laughs> not what you want to do. Stone Cold Steve Austin, by the, the way. And then in the like when SummerSlam, he had the title match with The Rock, the Rock for the world yeah, title, and then throughout the winter kind of period, he was in the Invasion team. Yeah. So yeah, I can't remember how he really got back round to Austin. Because Austin was part of the. He started with Vince McMahon, didn't he? I really can't remember. I know I remember he cost Austin the match. Uh, that's how Jericho won, but I can't remember why. Why? But no, underrated feud. I can't remember him having a bl- big blow-off match though. Hmm. Which kind of feels a bit strange. You think they would? They well, probably Vengeance did. was that. The next pay-per-view would have been <clears throat> the Royal Rumble, no? Well, it was Vengeance in December? Yeah, it was December. So it would have been yeah, Royal Rumble. December. Yeah. So they probably wouldn't have had a blow-off match there. And then, I know, you're, then you're leading into WrestleMania, aren't you, in 2002. Um, and that's the NWO time, right? No way That'd out be WrestleMania. When Booker had the uh, shampoo match with Edge. With Edge, yeah, exactly. And so, like, yeah, I don't think they ever had... Um, I don't think they ever had that, that big blow-off match, unfortunately. Could have, could have been good. Not on a big scale, anyway. They probably did on Raw, you're right. Um... Great moment, Matt. Well, well, well chosen. How about you, Aiden? Um, mine, I haven't done quite as much research into, and um, but it's something that always sticks in my mind when I think of SmackDown, and especially that the early years of SmackDown as an independent brand after the brand split. Yeah, <clears throat> and it's something we've all seen a million times gets played in video packages and stuff to this day and has been replicated a number of times but never never topped in my opinion it's from the june 12 2003 episode of smackdown where brock lesnar and the big show did a superplex which broke the ring and caused taz to do a little swear <laughs> he did a swear yeah <laughs> is this where the world's worth beat machine um Time yeah. it was. <laughs> Holy shit! Beep! <laughs> yeah, I mean, hell of a moment, right? I mean, this is... I'm the crowd heard of. lose their minds. It's the first time it ever happened, as far as I'm aware. In WWE, anyway. Yeah. Crowd lose their minds. Referee takes hell of a bump. <laughs> Brilliantly yeah. executed. I think the referee is one of the best bits about it. <laughs> the MVP of this, I think, the ref. Um, Who and... was the ref? I can't remember. It was Mike Kyoto. Mike Kyoto, oh, odd. Um, and have you ever have you ever actually heard or, or thought about or read about how it was done? No, I'm assuming it was some sort of um, explosives. <laughs> what do you want to know? Go for it. Ruin the illusion. Big Show actually explained it on a on an old episode of Talk Is Jericho, mm-hmm. um, who I'm sure he's not allowed to talk to in public anymore. Um, but basically, uh, he says that. They did a spot right before they broke the ring where they were both down and the cameras were really close up on them while they were selling. In that time, they've got a stunt coordinator at WWE who, I don't know if he's still there, but a guy called Ellis Edwards had airbags under the ring. 
airbags. That's what I thought. So they lifted the ring a couple inches mm. while the they were down, basically, like during the match. Oh. Um, so then, when they get to the top rope in the in the in the turnbuckle, the ring's like effectively floating, standing <laughs> on marbles. He said, like it's moving around yeah. while they're on it because it's all uneven, <clears throat> and he's got five hundred pounds in the air, and Brock Lesnar's nearly three hundred or whatever. So it wasn't very stable. But then, yeah, they they did the suplex, and it was just timed perfectly so that the kind of I guess decompression of the air came and uh, yeah as soon as they hit the ring it all all looked good it's a really sort of brave idea yeah it's a stunt that could definitely go wrong yeah yeah it could have been like they could have done a suplex and then it happened five seconds after or it happened before they hit the ground (laughs) or whatever which probably would have hurt Um, and that interview with Jericho that was the first time He'd ever come out and said what happened. Up until that point, he'd always main Big Show had always maintained the fact that it was a shoot. <laughs> it wasn't a shoot. Um, just one thing that I think gets often overlooked on this moment. Imagine how much strength that takes from Brock Lesnar. I know. Obviously, there's there's a little bit of like Big Show can kind of give him some assistance by basically throwing himself over the ropes, but that's still insane. Like people forget when it comes to Lesnar now how much of a beast he was and mm. still is. Yeah. 2002, 2003 Brock Lesnar is insane. Yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, as green as he was. Well, I think, I think uh, you can see it this week how easily he picked up. Dominic, yeah. It yeah, was, he it just was... literally was like, whoop, there you go. And by all accounts, Dominic, I mean, I mean, he's not massive, but he ain't, he ain't a small guy, is he? Yeah, I imagine he's, he's fairly heavy to deal with. Yeah. He's, he a, he's a 22-year-old man. He they kept saying he, he was, was a teenager. not a teenager, Jerry Lawler. <laughs> Did you see the tweets from people that like Jerry Lawler <laughs> saying, he's a teenager like it ever bothered him before. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, what makes him more impressive? Top rope. You know, some, sometimes these things, you know, can be a little bit tainted by, you know, being second rope or whatever. This was top rope superplex. This was brilliant stuff. But you just... You just watch the crowd. I'm I'm gonna just put the sound on for a sec. But just watch, listen to the crowd. They just lose their minds. I don't know actually know if you'll be able to hear it. No, not gonna hear the sound. But yeah, bam! Ring all just implodes. All the posts come apart. The ring comes apart, and the crowd all comes to their feet and just they just lose. When you hear it, it's just like massive. It's just. Like two minutes long yeah. of just massive applause, and match just ends. Big Show should have uh, won that match because he's on top of Lesnar. <laughs> his, his head is on his, his arm. Head's on his arm, yeah. Kyoto's just looking around, going, "What the fuck? You should have counted three. Kyoto Could have been it. one of the biggest wins of Big Show's career. Bottled it. Bottled it. Um, and if man. you could bottle that moment, and he did. Um, right for me, I'm going to go for a moment which in. I'm going to do a bit of a cop-out with this one. It's not actually the moment itself that, for me, is, is so great. It's the, the aftermath of the moment. Um, I'm going to take you back to June 27th, 2002. Uh, so about a year just before before the Lesnar Big Show stuff. Um, a... What shall I, how just, shall I say? Just stop you there. How random is it that we've gone for 2001, 2002, 2003? <laughs> Can't tell you everything you need to know about SmackDown <laughs> for the last 15 years, <laughs> is it? <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, 
WWE champion Kurt Angle. I believe he was WWE champion at the time. In 2002? Yeah. Yeah, roughly. Yeah, I think he would was. have been. Um, issued a challenge um, to anyone in the SmackDown uh, locker room to face him for, for a match on SmackDown, just randomly. You know, he's been doing these challenges. Mainly he'd be embarrassing people. Um, his challenge was answered by a fresh face and fancy free lad <laughs> from, um, <laughs> from Massachusetts um, named John Cena. I don't know if you've heard of him. You may have heard of him. The prototype. What did he, what did he go on to do? I'll tell you, Matt. Um, I think he's been okay. in some movies and stuff. Yes. Um, so John Cena came down to the ring. He accepted the challenge by... Oh, Kurt Angle essentially asked him what, why he's off, why he has answered the challenge. What does he have that nobody else has? His response: ruthless aggression. Which, Slap. Um, was the tag? We need a sort of subtitle for a whole period of wrestling in WWE for the, the next three, four years. Um, it's what it's the term which has defined the era. It has defined. They call it the ruthless aggression era. era. So this is the kickoff of a whole era of the wrestling world and wrestling history. And it's John Cena versus Kurt Angle on June the 27th, 2002, on an episode of SmackDown. Cena didn't win. <laughs> Angle won, but Cena put up a bit of a fight. And I think in the match, he, you, know, you can see elements of what was to come. But I don't think anyone really expected what happened next. I mean, in the immediate aftermath, he had a backstage uh, moment with The Undertaker to show respect. And I think from that point on, you kind of knew, okay, they're big on this guy. Even if you didn't see it yourself, like, let's face it, he wasn't the best wrestler in ring. He was in there with Kurt Angle, who at the time was the greatest wrestler in the world. Um, so, you know, it, it's quite easy to make him look good. But he was green, he was raw, uh, but he was fresh and he was new. And, you know, what went... Come to think of it, actually, um, I was Kurt just about wasn't the well, champion. Undertaker champion. Undertaker was a champ. Undertaker was He's champion. just taking it off Hogan. Yeah. But by the end of the year... Kurt was the champ and I like to imagine that his kind of assistance with getting Cena over to begin with yeah. was uh, part of the reason why but it really helped I mean Cena slapped the shit out of Kurt Angle <laughs> <laughs> it was um, never a good idea never really. a great idea but it was it's just a great moment uh, and the aftermath I mean I don't need to tell you you know 16 time world champion it's hard to get a debut right for for someone who like f- throughout unannounced throughout no that hype. time, they there would have be like people coming in from WCW and stuff like that, so people would know them. But yeah. this was one of the first real instances. It was very, it was very similar timing as well. Randy Orton came up as well, it's this whole period, isn't it? It's 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 Lesnar, Batista, Batista. Orton, Cena. It just defined a whole for like the Charlie next six, and Benjamin, seven but years not quite the same level from OVW all of these call-ups just at one time that has to be the greatest like class ever on any on any uh, brand any organisation any I mean there how good would it have been going to see them they, they reckon they did it to like 10 people yeah it's funny when you see the clips of them at OVW hmm. in a tiny little warehouse and you see um, Batista as the Leviathan and Cena as the prototype, prototype and yeah. Randy's this super white meat baby face and stuff. And it's just it's weird. Yeah, it's very uh, strange. It's funny. You see Brock Lesnar doing shooting star presses and I saw a clip not of him on his doing head. a perfect one the other day. Yeah, I've seen a few a few clips of him doing them right. Yeah. Like he's mental. Like he's so big but he goes so high and so far. Yeah. 
And the one time it mattered. Yeah, the one time anybody was watching. <laughs> On the biggest stage of the fall. Um, you fucked up. But yeah, for me, I think that was the... It was a defining moment in WWE history and, and subsequently led to perhaps... And this is up for debate and this is probably something we can debate to the cows come home. Perhaps the greatest WWE career of all time. Cena? Yeah. Yeah, he's done all right. Perhaps. I'm going to go with perhaps. He's got to be up there. He's got to be in... He's got to be in... He's in the, the conversation. conversation. Yeah, exactly. Top 25. <laughs> um, so that's moments. I mean, any if you guys on, on online, on Twitter, have any more you want to bring our attention to, feel free to tweet us on the underscore, at the underscore PWP. Can I give a shout out to a moment? Go for it. One we've not mentioned. Highly commended. I think it's um, <clears throat> well established as quite possibly the best ever ending to an episode of smackdown yeah from again early 2000s 2001 oh, i love this actually yeah i remember this but i'm gonna play it in the background here but everyone just goes mental and hits their finishes on everyone <laughs> we've currently got kurt angle the rock and stone cold in the ring superstars in their own right top top superstars yeah undertaker comes down gives him a choke slam stone to stone cold then he gets kicked in the head by Booker T. Angle slammed by Kurt Angle. This is the whole alliance and WWF thing. Jericho comes out of nowhere, does a lion salt to Booker. RVD comes out of nowhere, does a frog splash to Jericho. Kane comes out of nowhere, gives him a massive choke slam. To RVD. <laughs> Absolutely huge. Then Shane comes with a jumping chair shot, which I always loved. <laughs> I loved his game. jumping chair shots. And then here comes Big Show. JR loses his mind. And just punches the chair. <laughs> <laughs> and a shout out to Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle comes in and gives Big Show a bloody massive Kurt Angle slam. Kurt Angle slam? Kurt, Kurt Angle slam. And then The Rock comes in. Rock bottom, everyone loses their mind. But of course, turn around. Boom. Stone Cold Stunner. Just when you look at the ring, there's like 10 rings, all around, 10 bodies all around. It's mental. But one of the things which I've never noticed before is actually right here. Kurt Angle goes to do the, um, the uh, Angle Slam on Big Show. And you see a chair right here. He's going to land on the chair. And Undertaker kicks it out of the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very smart, Taker. Very, very smart. Ring savvy. But yeah, good. Just what, what a moment that is. Just literally, like, probably the like 10 or so biggest superstars in the company at the time basically yeah. all hitting their finishes on I each mean, other. Add Triple H As a crowd, imagine being everyone. in that crowd. Yeah, that would be, that'd be awesome. Um, some more. So I'm I've just going to throw a couple out. Matt, you go. So um, for me, it's not. Not really about what the in-ring, it was about what WWE did for America. Um, it was the first sporting event after 9-11, and it was the first gathering of people in yeah, a mass crowd after 9-11. Yeah, big, big moment, actually. Um, yeah, I Vince gave an impassioned speech, I think. I'm not sure if that was on the TV. On the Vince gave a speech, which it was, wasn't it? was very much like... Man, this guy could be president. It's a pre- very presidential <laughs> yeah. uh, speech. From it was mental. It was. And like Lillian Garcia's national anthem performance. Yeah. And just everyone giving their kind of soliloquies throughout the uh, 
throughout the night. Yeah. No, it was a really emotional episode of SmackDown. It was a really great thing, I think. And you know who did do a really good one? Who The guy who turned out to be JBL. Bradshaw. And I like to imagine this is maybe one of the first times where they went like, oh shit, maybe we could do something with this guy like on his own. Yeah. It wasn't for a couple of years where they did do anything with him, but like yeah. he really showed... A bit of promise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a really great thing for WWE to do. Obviously... You know, it had been planned months and months and months in the head that they would do this show, but this type of show was completely different. There was obviously talk that it wasn't going to happen through security fears and, you know, just not wanting to gather that many people in one place for fears of their safety. Well, the weekend before, so that would have been the Tuesday night, would it? Or would that have been the Friday night? I think it would have been a Friday. So the NFL cancelled every game. Yeah. Because partly partly as a mark of respect, partly for a safety fear, you know. But WWE chose to go ahead with it, and I think it was absolutely the right decision. Um, for me, I just want to throw a, a quick couple out there. Um, one that people forget. Vince McMahon won the WWE title from Triple H on an episode of SmackDown in 1999. Um, it was, for me, and this was me as an 11-year-old kid, this was a moment, because Vince was a face in this storyline. Triple H was, a, was the monster hill in the company at this time. WWE champion, challenged Vince. When Vince accepted this challenge and the match started, everyone lost their shit. Like, <laughs> no one expected him to win either. I mean, they got a little bit of help along the way from Stone Cold Steve Austin, let's put it that way. And Triple H kicked the shit out of Vince McMahon. Um, but Vince McMahon... I think actually, anyone who's ever been in a match with Vince has kicked the shit yeah, out of Vince McMahon. That's true. But Vince McMahon won the WWE title from Triple H on episode of SmackDown, and the crowd went mad. And you oh, know, could you imagine that happened now? Though? I know. See, imagine if, if that was Shane now. Yeah, exactly. The crowd would go mad. They would go <laughs> mad, literally mad. AEW's viewership would rise. <laughs> yes. Um, another one for me. Um, again, to do oh, Triple H involved. So from the early stages of SmackDown. Stone Cold destroying the DX Express. I was going to mention that one. High, you know, high value stunt. Okay, you know, could have gone slightly wrong. Um, you know, pyrotechnics, everything involved. Just, you know, big sign of things to come for SmackDown. I think it was a good sort of real like stamp on SmackDown to say, okay, yeah, we do value this show. Did either of you watch the, the, the video and the, the tweet that I sent you of Stone Cold Steve Austin saying Stone Cold Steve no, Austin just for I, two minutes I, straight? I, yeah, no, I did not. <laughs> From that segment alone where he blows up the bus and he's in the he's in the I don't know what you call it the heavy machinery um, he says Stone Cold Steve Austin four times mm. just in that one <laughs> promo but um, it's yeah it's just two minutes of him saying it and every time he says it he says it in almost the exact same way every time it's just sometimes it depends on what, what where in the sentence he puts it because if it's right at the end it sometimes has a bit of like a kick at the end or something but it's just <laughs> After a while, it, it just sounds like a noise. It doesn't sound like a, a like yeah, him, of him saying words, words or saying his yeah. name. It just sounds like a bunch of noises joined together, which is very strange, but it's funny. Another one for me, then, probably, it's not an amazing moment, but it's, something worth, it's, a, it's a cool moment worth highlighting. The sit-down interview with JR with The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin on episode of SmackDown prior to their match at WrestleMania 17. Mm. Absolutely golden stuff. Um, this is right. This is the pinnacle of WWE. This is... You know, this is the Attitude Era. This is it's reaching its climax. You know, it's it's a absolutely um, historic time in wrestling. And this, these two guys obviously were very much at the forefront of it. And this this sit down interview, I just 
the Austin, I need to beat you rock line. I think that's that's absolutely perfect. I With all really due respect. Stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, I want to go watch that promo now. <laughs> moving on from moments then, I will, and I'm conscious we don't want to take up too much time. One of our one of our resolutions is to make our episode shorter. So let's move on. Um, it's going to be hard, but we're going to pick one each. Greatest SmackDown superstar of all time. And it is a bit tough when they haven't been separate for all the time, the two brands, but we'll, we'll try and go with it. Uh, Matt, you went first last time, so Aiden, you're up first. So, for me, I went with someone who, when I think of SmackDown, I, or when I think of this guy, I think of SmackDown. Yeah. And when I think of SmackDown, I think of this guy. So that, that spoils it, you know, it's not a woman. Um, <laughs> but the, not Michelle McCall? No, not Michelle McCall. Um, close, though, it is a leggy blonde. <laughs> Stacey Keebler. It's, she got legs. It's Edge. She got legs. It's Edge. Oh, that's disappointing. Um, say that if you will but <laughs> for me um, pe- people always associate Edge and Smackdown with the Smackdown 6 yeah. so the kind of the first 6 months or so or the name the four, four of the others though I can't think of who the other one is four of, oh that means five yeah okay um, yeah he those, those first few months when Smackdown became its own brand and they were doing things a little bit differently to Raw. For the first couple of years, the actual the, the wrestling on SmackDown and a lot of the storylines was considerably better than Raw. This was under Heyman, wasn't this it? Was, yeah, this was the start of Heyman's Heyman run in SmackDown. Um, and, yeah, just his, his team with Ray, Mysterio, um, and the matches that they had against Los Guerreros and um, Benoit and Angle. Who? At Kurt Angle. Oh, right. Um, they were just mental. So the quality of them was ridiculous and stuff that still holds up like now to, to current day standards. Um, and his single stuff, like, is, is he had a couple matches with Eddie. He was in Fatal 4-Way with um, Eddie, Benoit, and Angle. Um, and even in the, even the earlier days in SmackDown in 2001, he had some good like TLC matches and stuff with Christian. But it's also his post because then he went to raw for a bit but it's his comeback to smackdown in kind of 2007 8 9 basically the rest of his career kind of time obviously the raw and smackdown then merged and mm-hmm. we had the super show and stuff but i always just think of edge and i think of blue and i think of smackdown i think of him being the world champion out on a on a friday night mm-hmm. smackdown um usually surrounded by la familia with Vicky Guerrero and that, yeah, feuding with the Undertaker for the world title. That's just how I picture SmackDown. Yeah, so it's kind of it's quite strange. I think I mean, that must be an age thing, um, because that part of Edge's career, um, which kind of comes after the sort of rise, and then he's on a sustained period of success, and then obviously the gradual you know, end, um, isn't what I associate with Edge. Um, the early stuff was on Raw and SmackDown and pay-per-view. The sort of period you're talking about was great in-ring stuff, excellent stuff. But in terms of 
moments and storylines. I mean, the one from one that sticks out for me is him winning the tag titles with Hulk Hogan or <laughs> whatever, Mr. America or whoever it was at the time. It was Hogan. It was Hogan. Um, so great moments for Edge. But then like the pinnacle of his career from the next couple of years was on Raw, wasn't it? Yeah, it's like a feud with Cena. Um, becoming world champion becoming for the, world first, champion time, the yeah. first time. Winning the money in the bank. Sex like. celebration. <laughs> but no, really great stuff from Edge on... Um, on SmackDown. I'm going to go up next to that's all right, Matt. Um, so, it's probably no surprise, and I think I know who Matt's going to pick as well, if I do. It's probably no surprise that I've also picked someone from that SmackDown 6. Um, the first person who I think of when I think SmackDown is Kurt Angle. I think just um, from, you know, from his debut uh, at, was it Summer Survivor Series? I can't remember which one it was now. Um, to, you know, the stuff good. with the Alliance, a lot of which happened on SmackDown. The clips we just the clip we just saw, that was on SmackDown, him being involved in all that. Leading up to the um, Armageddon six-man Hell in a Cell match, great stuff on SmackDown. To the, um, the feuds with Edge, uh, ultimately ends up losing his hair, all on, you know, whilst on SmackDown. Feud with, well, the, the moment with Cena, 2002. Great feuds with Lesnar for the world title. Feuds with The Big Show. Few, moments with Stone Cold playing guitar and wearing cowboy hats and stuff like that. Just crazy, crazy stuff. All of it is, is and sometimes it might be that, you know, sometimes your memory, it's called the Mandela effect, isn't it? When sometimes your memory fabricates things that you think happened or you put in a certain place but didn't actually happen there. Almost everything that happened in Kurt Angle's career, I picture happening on SmackDown. Yeah. It's, it's weird because um, obviously right in his early days, Raw and SmackDown weren't separate. Yeah. So he did a lot of good things on both. Um, <clears throat> and then there was... He kind of had a brief period around kind of two thousand and four five time, maybe mainly on two thousand five and two thousand six, where he was on Raw. Yeah. But you just you think of Kurt, you think SmackDown. Blue brand, don't you? Yeah. He was even SmackDown general manager. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, in a wheelchair. <laughs> uh, but he Big was Big Show tried to kill him. Yeah, he did. He was also Raw's uh, general manager too. So. Yeah, but after he retired, well, he didn't. Retire. Yeah, you know what I mean. But yeah, no, uh, Kurt Angle is SmackDown for me. Great career, obviously. Great, great wrestler. Great in-ring. Great on the mic. Great at everything. Kurt I think Angle was his, he, without him and Lesnar's main event feud, hmm. I don't know how well SmackDown would have done in, in those kind of early few years. That's a very good point. But, you know, we've mentioned him as part of SmackDown 6. Great matches with, um, as you say, Los Guerreros, Edge, um Chris Benoit, you know, Rey Mysterio, all great. Great feud with Rey Mysterio, actually. Brilliant at the time. Um, you know, the feud with Lesnar really is the pinnacle of Kurt Angle's SmackDown time, I think. Um, leading up I mean, to you the think of a lot of, a lot of his, the early SmackDown run, he did massive damage to his body. <laughs> yeah, from a lot of history. Literally just like wrestling with broken necks. Yeah. yeah it's just unbelievable stuff, Kurt, what Kurt Angle was. I think achieved. he broke his neck three or four times in WWE alone. Yeah, I think it was free, but yeah, no, we broke it once before that as well. I think you hear about that sometimes. We won the gold medal with broken freaking neck. With a broken freaking neck, was I it? believe so. But it I about. think that happened. Yeah, I think that's what we heard of. So I'm going with Kurt Angle. Matt, how about you, mate? I think that's fair. So 
I'm going with someone who made their SmackDown debut in February the 3rd, 2000 against the New Age Outlaws with Terry Saturn. He lies, he cheats, he steals. Ah, Chapa Guerrero. Do not. <laughs> Eddie Guerrero's legacy. Obviously, Eddie. Obviously, Eddie. Um, I was going to go with Edge, and then actually, when I thought about it, Eddie Guerrero's story, just just his story, is SmackDown. Um, I mean, he got released in 2002. Uh, no, he got released in 2001, and then came back in 2002, and then the brand split was 2002. And then his SmackDown return, when he came back, was with Benoit versus Edge and The Rock. But I think the pinnacle of his SmackDown career and his career was at No Way Out when he beat Brock Lesnar. Which and was a exclusive pay-per-view, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right before the day after was... Well, the SmackDown after was the celebrations and... I can just remember them green, red, and white balloons filling. There was fucking loads of them. There was loads. <laughs> I filling think... the ring. The confetti filled the ring. The pyro went off. He came walking through the crowd. It took him a good five minutes to get to the ring. And I just think that was just... I think he was the first one that you could sort of go, oh, they're going to go in that sort of direction with... Well, I think if you if you consider with... who he took the title off, um, yeah. Lesnar, you know, big, muscly, strong guy, obviously a great athlete. Um, WWE had always gone with, the, you know, the big main event guys. Eddie Guerrero sort of worked his way up from the, the mid-card to be a main event guy. And I think everyone was just really, really, de- like, ecstatic for him that he had worked his way up, not just to the main event, but had won the big one. And we haven't really talked about Eddie a lot on the podcast before. No. Um, but he was one of really the the, the first the first few guys, um, especially in the, the early era of SmackDown, who um, got over organically and just had such a mental connection with the fans yeah. that everybody he, just he loved him. He could turn the fans as well in like, literally a sentence yeah they could love him one minute and then hate him the next yeah because everyone associates Eddie um, for the large part anyway they associate him with that kind of baby face run throughout the um, like 2002 to 3 era uh, 4 era but people also forget um, some of the work he did as a heel in 2005 against Ray Um, and obviously the whole kind of custody of Dominic thing um People, well, people, people see, people see that match, and they they see the graphic of that match, and it's custody of Dominic ladder match or whatever. Yeah. But people forget how good the feud was leading up to it, and how good Eddie was yeah. as a despicable heel. Yeah. Um, the I'm your pappy and all that kind of stuff. But the beatdown that he did of Rey Mysterio, where he turned, where he like he shreds his mask open, he bloodies him up. And he does like a brain buster. On, he holds it. He does a vertical brain buster on the steps and holds them up for like ten seconds. Yeah. And it just looks brutal. Um, and he could be super lovable, lovable, ridiculous babyface, 
or just proper just despicable dick. shit house prick. <laughs> shit so house prick. <laughs> on SmackDown was uh, November the 11th, 2005, Mr. Kennedy. Uh, on November the 13th, he was found dead in his hotel room. And he was only 38. Yeah, obviously, really, really tragic um, time and situation. Did you uh, ever hear... I, that, I remember that one hit you quite hard, didn't it, Eddie Guerrero? I, I was fucking devastated. I, I'm, you were still fairly young at the time. I was only 10. Um, but yeah, I physically cried on, on, during that episode. Um, I remember... The only thing I can liken that to uh, for, for a situation for me is Owen Hart. Uh, probably Matt would, would agree. It wasn't. It didn't feel the same in that it was like for me. I was a bit older now. It just it was sad, obviously, but it wasn't devastating. The thing is, I don't. And I didn't really. Like, it wasn't with Owen Hart. I was like, how? Like, how does this happen? Like, he was fine, and now he's dead. Like, it didn't make sense to me. As yeah. A kid. And now I grow up a little. It happens to Eddie, and I'm like, wow. Okay, it's really, really terrible, and it's sad, but I, I get it. It was weird because I don't necessarily remember being a massive Eddie Guerrero fan. It wasn't like he was my favourite or something at the time. I think it was just the fact that A, it was a shock, and B, like, watching all the wrestlers crying about it. I think that what that's what made me cry. Yeah. Um, but, did, yeah, did you ever hear the, the WrestleMania match for that next year? It was meant to be him and Shawn Michaels. Yeah. What a match that would have been. I know, that we never got. Never got. And I think if, if, if you want to... Anything that would sum up Eddie Guerrero, especially from that kind of time... Just watch the the Judgment Day match with JBL. The, if you can. If Yeah, if you can. Yeah. If you can stomach it. But, yeah, there's a bit of a boo-boo. There's a bit of a number <laughs> state where there might be a cut that went too deep. Um, but the amount of blood that he loses and the way that he continues, and the, it, it really adds to the match. It's, it's insane. It is insane. Really cool picks. We don't do this very often. Oh, we don't do it at... Uh, should we have a little bit of a round of applause for Eddie Guerrero? We can have a round of applause ready if you want to give one. Go on, then. Round of applause for Smackdown, lads. (laughs) Um, Well in Smackdown. Well done, Smackdown. Good good job. Here's Um, to many more. Here is to many more. So Smackdown now on its new home on Fox on Friday nights. Tune in or miss out. What are we um, expecting from the new episode? I don't know. I expected to go with a bang. Well, we've got Lesnar, Kofi Kingston for the title. We've got Shane versus KO in a ladder match with their careers. I can't wait for that. I think, you know, I think really explosive stuff. It's basically all we need. We've got Charlotte and Becky in a tag against Sasha Bailey and, and Bailey, Sasha. Right? Yeah. And that's basically all we know, right? So far, yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, and do you know what I'm really excited for? The draft. Hmm. It feels like they're going to do a proper draft, you know? Not on this draft they did before, and then they said just superstar shake up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the um, wild card, none of that. Proper draft, keep them separate. Two dif- distinct styles. I just want SmackDown to have its own set and yeah. look and feel. I hope it's not the same as Raw. Yeah, I don't think it will be because I feel like they would have listened. Yeah, but you we'll know. see. But uh, yeah, really excited for SmackDown. Really excited for the draft and just to see where they go with all this new money they got. <laughs> Maybe next week we can try and predict the drafts or we'll do our own draft. Who we would, I would love that. Who we would put where? Imagine how many people are on that roster. Though. <laughs> well, yeah, ridiculous. I mean, we would limit it to <laughs> we like did main ones. we do like our ten picks. Ten women, ten men. Yeah, yeah. You know, it would be hard to pick ten women to be fair. 
Right, as I mentioned, this whole podcast, the whole theme about this podcast this week has been about new eras and changes. Uh, we've spoke about trying to refresh the podcast, and I'm, I'm pleased to announce that we uh, have on the line right now our biggest fan. It's taken a lot of time and effort to get this guy, but he's got a very special message for you. This is the man of the hour, Leo Rush, and you are listening to The People's Podcast. Fuck's oh, sake. For fuck's sake, Leo. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Fuck me. You had one job, Leo. Do it again. What's going on, people? This is the man of the hour, Leo Rush. And you are listening to the People's Wrestling Podcast. Cheers, Cheers mate. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Thanks for that. Right then, moving on from that. But hey, hey what a get. I know, fancy him just stopping by. The man of the hour, Leo Rash. Come <laughs> come all the way out to see us. <laughs> see you, Leo. Thanks for coming. Yeah, see you later, mate. Bye. Um, right, Helen Cell. Is this, this Sunday? Uh, as we've just discovered, um, we're not really giving it too much thought, there are only three announced matches for this card. It's on Sunday. I know. Something doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. It's a bit strange. we get like two hour long matches? <laughs> I mean, two of them are Helen Cell matches and another one's a tag team match. It just seems a bit odd. It's less matches than on a takeover. Yeah. There must it's be less some. matches than are sometimes on a pre-show. <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs> Is it going to be two hours long? I don't know. Um, maybe. Who knows? But, you know, we've got three matches to predict. We'll run through them, rattle through them. Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns, the unlikely team, teaming up against Eric Rowan and Luke Harper. Uh, Rowan obviously revealed as the guy behind these attacks on Roman over the last month or two um, somewhat underwhelmingly but he's you know he's gone, undergone a career renaissance um, so these guys are going to square off I'm actually looking forward to this match I'm really intrigued by Daniel Bryan at the moment as well this sort of tweener character he's playing I think I really like I don't it want to, uh, I don't want to put this out there guys but I did say Luke Carver's going back and you both poo-pooed it so <laughs> we gave you your props on the podcast <laughs> you did you did call it um, speaking of calling it who are you calling for this match Matt? I will go with. I've got to go with Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. To be it's a really tough one for me. So you've gone with those guys. I mean, I I'm tempted to agree with you mainly because of the you know the role that these guys have been on. Uh, and last time when he faced Roman at Night of Champions or Clash of Champions. Um, I just wouldn't, I didn't believe that they would have him go over Roman, um, and they did. So they did. yeah, I didn't either. I mean, I find it really hard to believe that they'll do it again. If I'm honest, so I'm gonna go Roman and Daniel Bryan. I love a strange bedfellows pairing. <laughs> I don't know why. Sometimes it just really strange works. Strange bedfellows. Yeah. Um, and I agree with you. I, I think Daniel Bryan is, is currently, <clears throat> despite not having been on TV too much recently, um, one of the more interesting characters on WWE's books at the moment. Um, I loved the kind of, that there was a bit of a throwback to, to babyface Daniel Bryan um, last week. Um, yeah, just, uh, just fight me kind throughout, of yeah, throughout yeah. the whole match. Um, 
I wouldn't. Crowell was just immediately. He's like we said about Eddie Guerrero earlier. Yeah, he just has it. You, you hate him, and it just one thing you love him. Yeah, because <laughs> you never actually hate him. It just depends who he's against. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I, I hate his wife. <laughs> Jesus, what's she ever done to you? Just pissed me off. <laughs> um, well, we make sure we won't get her on the show. <laughs> yes, Brie Bella. <laughs> um. I I think that there's something up with Daniel Bryan. Um, I don't think it's it's as kind of open and closed as just I've got nothing to do with no, it. Of um, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Rowan and Harper. Um, not not necessarily saying that maybe like Bryan fucks over Reigns or whatever. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised that maybe they try and take Brian out before the match and have like a one on uh, two on one for a bit on Rowan. I don't know, but I'm, think, I'm going with Harper. I think if you're going to do that, be the other way around. You take Roman out first, wouldn't you? And then maybe but Brian. Brian's the more kind of from, in terms of their size and stuff. He's more the easy target to yeah. like get him out of the way quickly, and then just beat the shit out of Roman because at the end of the day, it was Roman that. Rome was trying to kill. And let's face it, both Daniel Ryan and Roman Reigns can take a hell of a beating. They can. So can Dominic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that'll stand him in good stead, won't it? Um, right, the first of two Hensdale matches, I'm not sure which order these are going to play out in, um, but for the Raw Women's Championship, Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks. You know what? All three of these matches I'm finding really difficult to call. Um, I, I actually think this is the easier one. Do you? Yeah. I've struggled with this. Um, I've gone back and forth with who I think will win this match, and I'm probably going to be wrong. But I am going to go with Sasha Banks. I'm also going to go with Sasha Banks. Not that I want to. I don't want Becky's title reign to end, and I don't think it should. But I think it might. That's annoying, because I was going to go with Sasha Banks. Oh, fuck. Um, (laughs) Because... I thought she was going to win it at Clash of Champions. Yeah. Um, you didn't predict her to win it, though. I did. Oh, did you? Yeah, that's that's how I managed to tie with you. Oh, because right, yeah, because Becky got she the won by yeah. um, It's tough. I was a little confused on Raw this week when Sasha said that there, there'd only been two women's Hell in a Cell matches. Yeah. And I don't... That's not correct. It's not correct. Because I couldn't think of one last I year. think she was trying... What she was trying to say There's is there will women. have been two women's Hell in a Cell matches. After Sunday, and one of them, I was in the first one. I was in both of them. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I think she was meant. To be, what, what she was meant to say is, there's only been two women who's ever been inside her. And I was one of them. That's what I think she was meant to say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because I sat there for a couple of minutes. I was like, <laughs> what the hell was, was the other one? <laughs> um, like, was there one on NXT? But, uh, it's tough. Because where where does Becky go after this? It's not now. As the Raw Women's Champ, like I'm she saying, is. like if Becky was to win, who's oh. her who's her challenger? Yeah, don't know. Um, and this this Let's traditionally is the um, the feud ender. Yeah, not so much these days. It's just October. Um, <laughs> it's tough. I'm. I'll go with Becky to be different because I feel like we'll all have the same. We might all have the same prediction for the main event. Fair enough. So I'm gonna go with Becky. Now. Gonna go with Becky. Begrudgingly though, I'm putting Asterix next to it as 
begrudgingly. <laughs> you can't do that. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, right, next up then. The main event, I believe, or should be the main event of the evening. Seth Rollins defends his Universal Championship against the Fiend Bray Wyatt. The Fiend who's been on such a tear, like, to quote Corey Graves, a tear. Um, just operating on a whole other level. Um, the advertising's been great. The character play's been great. The ending of Raw for the last few weeks has been awesome. Fair play to Seth as well for this. Um, he's playing his part. But I think WWE know what they've got with the Fiend, and I think they're going to pull the trigger on a Fiend title win. Hmm. Yeah, potentially. I also feel the same. It's um. It's interesting, the Fiend. I don't know how he loses it. It's very, it's very un WWE like, but at no point has the Fiend showed any weakness. Yeah. Even in his match with Finn. Not on TV anyway. Yeah, the couple of minutes. Mm. Not even that. Literally, I like think maybe though. if he shows weakness, it's going to be like he's having a mental breakdown in the ring. Like he'll his heel and hurt his head, and like it'll be Bray Wyatt trying to come out. So it's really interesting with the thing because we've not seen enough of him. You know, he's only had one match, right? So we haven't seen enough of him to um, judge what his wrestling style will be. You know, the match against Finn was was a squash match essentially, wasn't it? So it's it's hard to tell, but I mean. Personally, I don't think The Fiend should win this match. I think if, if they could find some other way of him looking strong but not winning the title, I think that would be great. I just don't think he needs the title right now. and The title doesn't really need the only th- The only thing I could think of the other day was I had a moment where I thought, are they going to make Strowman look strong? He comes down, just beats the shit out pulls of the door them. off, and does, then... Does a cane. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, can, I considered that. Um, but I don't think the crowd would like it. I think they would then turn on Strowman. Yeah, turn on Strowman. I think the crowd are going to be heavily behind the Fiend. Seth is not going to come out of this with. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a tough one for Seth. It's Seth's gonna, gonna, gonna have to. Enjoyable experience. Put, Seth, it's gonna have to be a hell of a match. Yeah. For for people to get behind Seth, really, apart yeah. from the kids and stuff. Um, the women. But. It yeah, it's very early to put it on, um, the Fiend. I'm not 100 sure what you do mm. with him as champion, especially because he's not around all the time. Yeah. Um, but then I don't. I'm not sure what you do with him if he's not. Yeah. How how do you? How, how do you portray him as strong if he doesn't win? How do you? Yeah. How do you have him lose without just? It was the like, problem. Oh, Bray Wyatt has to be Bray Wyatt, wasn't it? Well, this is what I mean. History t- tells us that Bray Wyatt doesn't win this match. Yeah. But you know, it's a new character. It's a new dawn. It's a new era. You might have heard me say that on the podcast today. <laughs> I'm I'm going to go with the fiend, because um, I I'd like to see it happen as, as much as I like Seth, and you know I'd like to meet Seth as the Universal Champion. Um, but I think if they could have the fiend, I know it's still quite a while away, but if they could have the fiend going into WrestleMania in like a main event level kind of match, if not the main event itself at mm. WrestleMania. Think of the stuff that he could do. The yeah, production. Yeah, like project bugs onto the ring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, I feel like they've done that before, yeah, no? I don't think it went very well. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I agree with everything. I think The Fiend, 
how do you keep the Fiend looking strong with that and winning this match? How do you get? How do you stop people from going? Oh, same old WWE. Not pull the trigger on Bray Wyatt. He loses this match. Like that's it. Also, what I think you have to consider is we we are heading into a draft, and you know you want your main champion, Universal Champion. I'm assuming is going to stay on Raw. WWE Champion. I'm assuming is going to stay on SmackDown. Um, with Bray Wyatt on Raw, I think that makes more sense. Um, and maybe Seth Rollins can then move over. To SmackDown, which I think would make sense. Maybe. But we'll see. I haven't considered it. Raw's going to need someone, though, if Seth goes. Braun Strowman, they'll probably keep him. don't know. It's really hard to tell. I mean, we got loads of superstars who are yet to return as well. I'm talking the likes of Drew McIntyre. Bobby Lashley's just come back. Doesn't feel you were great. <laughs> Two. Yeah, well, okay, fucking hell. Alistair Black. Alistair Black, yeah. Seamus been anywhere he's just not being used oh well, yeah haven't seen Andrade for a little while mm. um, you know so there's a few people out there but yeah we'll see with Andrade been eating bugs in Mexico apparently but a lot of them aren't <laughs> uh, currently not like I'm not that's not Seth. me being like stereotypical he actually was <laughs> a lot of them aren't that's the second time I've had to clear up a racist incident on the PWP <laughs> A lot of them aren't currently the ones you would assume would fill in the, the slot of the main guy on Raw. No, Bray Wyatt would probably be like But, yeah. We'll see, we'll see. Well, that concludes our Highland Cell predictions and it concludes our, our episode. Actually, our 80th episode, Aiden told me earlier. Mm-hmm. 80 episodes. We're creeping up to that 100. Um, we are creeping up to that 100. PWP will, 100. Will we be there by the end of the... No, we won't be there by the end of the year. No, we're not going to win it. No, probably by April time. WrestleMania time. Imagine if we had a hundred episode over WrestleMania weekend. It's unlikely. <laughs> it's unlikely. You're right. Let me uh, do a quick calculation while you do the outro. Okay. Well, yeah. So thank you for listening to this episode of People of P. We, ooh, that wasn't. That's not our name. I did a Leo Rush. Um, hey. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the People's Wrestling Podcast (PWP) uh, for short. You can find us online at Twitter at the underscore PWP. Um, you can find us. On Instagram as well, at the underscore PWP. Um, we're going to try and step it up a little bit. I know I've said that many times before. <laughs> but we are. We're going to step it up. But we'll get these predictions on there. Any more matches that WWE decide to announce before Sunday, we'll get on there as well. We'll, we'll have a quick chat and get them on your spreadsheet. I won't we'll upload them until the weekend yeah. in case something comes off the back of SmackDown. Or yeah, something. exactly. Really excited to watch SmackDown. Hope you guys are too. Uh, thank you very much for listening to us. And we will see you next week. 